Hey, everybody. This is Jordan McConnell with the Crohn's Veteran Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I am grateful to, grateful and honored to have a very special guest with me, uh, Dr. Albert Fliss. Um, he he is joining us from New Jersey, and uh, and, uh, and this man has a, a, a very extensive career in, in medicine, and I am and I'm happy to talk to him, but the reason he's on the Crohn's Veteran Podcast is that uh, he he's a Crohn's warrior as well. And so, Albert, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great. How about you, Jordan? Doing good. Doing good. Again, thank you for being here. Absolutely. Um, it's a, it's my uh, it's an honor to do this. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And so, um, so and so, if, if you know, if folks you know uh, look at this podcast and, and and look you up, you know, they'll they'll see that you have a you have a you have a really awesome career and done all these amazing things. And so, and what I'm really interested in is that plus Crohn's disease, you know, and and, and yeah. how those things you know, really, really intersect. And so first off, you know, if you could, you know, please share with, you know, me and the folks that are listening, you know, your diagnosis. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, my my diagnosis, I, I would say the, the 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 story of my diagnosis was I was about, I was about 19 years old. I was, I started the university. I, I was at the University of Central Florida and I joined a fraternity and, and, you know, you know, fraternities do these little pranks, like certainly the pledges do pranks on, on some of the members. And I was a member in one of the pledges. He thought it was a funny thing to, you know, put x lax in brownies. Oh, <laughs> okay. So, so he, he, he x lax brownies and he gave them to all of the, you know, the, the fraternity brothers and everybody obviously, you know, had diarrhea and kind of had the runs for a few days but I never stopped. Mm. So it was almost like, I'm, I'm sure it would have happened anyway, but it was kind of like, it was that precipitating factor. So right. I had like GI issues. I was having diarrhea, couldn't really control it. They would give me things to control it. Didn't do anything. Kept going to the doctor. He was kind of unsure of what it was. He kept giving me antidiarrheals, still wouldn't do anything. And then it got to the point, maybe about six months later of this chronic illness with no real diagnosis, he was like, I'm going to, you know, let's, let's, let's put you in the hospital and let's do some diagnostic tests. My, my, at that point, my hemoglobin was, I think six. So I was very, very pale. I was very, mm. very lethargic, you know, and things like that. And initially he thought I had some kind of bone marrow disorder that I wasn't making red blood cells appropriately. Okay. So, he brought me in and he was going to, they were going to check my bone marrow to see if my bone marrow was functioning normally. And, and while they were doing that, they were going to do a bunch of other tests too. So they did an upper GI, a lower GI, and, you know, just the general kind of run of the mill kind of let's check you out from head to toe. Before they pulled my bone marrow, they did an upper and a lower GI, they did an upper GI and they noticed there was something there. At this point in time, I mean, people use the words Crohn's disease, but they also called it regional enteritis. Okay. I haven't, I haven't heard of that term before. It, uh, it, you... I haven't heard of it for a very long, long mm. time, but so they called it regional enteritis and, and it was really interesting, I think. And I remember it very, very well because, you know, he said, you know, you don't have aplastic anemia, which was, it's, it's a potential deadly disease. You know, you only have regional enteritis or Crohn's disease. And, and I go back and I think about that only, you mm. know, he said only, and it was like, 
if he would have understood what I went through for the next 20 years of my life, he would have chosen his words much, much better. For real. Like people don't know the struggle. People did not know no, the struggle. No, no. I mean, exactly. And so, so he diagnosed me um, and he put me on prednisone, which at that point in time was really the only, there was a prednisone and a zulfidine were the only treatments that were really used for Crohn's. He put me on prednisone, like most people who are initially have Crohn's and are put on large amounts of prednisone. I felt better in two days. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was totally, I could like defeat the world and they gave me a bunch of blood transfusions and got my hemoglobin up to, to normal levels, like 11 or 12, you know? And, um, and, and I, and I didn't realize at that point in time, the implications of Crohn's, you know, I thought it was, I had this inflammation, you know, I get the prednisone, it would go away and, and it would be, it, I would never see it again. So I was, I was healthy. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say like, not to cut you off, but that was, you know, um, a very similar situation. I was, I, I was, I was telling you before we started recording that I, I, you know, I, you know, I had Crohn's when I was 14 and, and so I had surgery and then I was made in the hospital for a week and then I was at home for a week and then I didn't have any symptoms for another 13 years. Wow. You, and that, so like, yeah. and so like, and so, and so and I was able to do all these things. And so, because I really thought that like, well, that sucked, you yeah. know, when it's done, so, but, right. But it's, yeah. 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 So, so yeah. So mine was, mine was very, very different because I felt better for maybe six months, eight months. I felt better. And then I started these, the symptoms started creeping back. They started coming back and, you know, slowly. And then I started getting like, a lot of abdominal pain, just a lot, a lot of abdo abdominal pain. And so my GI doctor at the, that point in time sent me to the University of Florida because I was living in Florida for a consult because they wanted to find something other than prednisone. So I, I went to the University of Florida, got a consult there. They put me on something called 6MP, 6-mercaptopurine, which is a, it's, it's a leukemia drug. Okay. Um, it, it basically, it's an anti-metabolite. So they put me on that. There's no, I mean, there was very little evidence that it would do anything, but there was some kind of anecdotal evidence. So he put me on that. It's still, again, I still started to get, it, it didn't really, it didn't really do anything. And then a couple of months later, finally, I was kind of like, we need to do something because something, something's going on. So I went back into my doctor and he found an actual, you know, he, he palpated my abdomen and there was a mass in there. There was, there was, essentially an abscess that had created that was mm. about as big is about as big as a football inside my abdomen. Oh no. Oh no. So so what what ended up happening was you know with Crohn's, you know, you you get these fun, fun, fun things called fistula. Yes, sir. You know? so, so a fistula went from my abdominal, my essentially my intestines, my, you know, to out they it tried to go outside, but it couldn't make it. So it formed an abscess. So I was immediately put in the hospital. They, they, I was in the hospital for, I think, 18 days. They wouldn't let me eat anything because they were hoping that they could um, get rid of the abscess and close up the fistulas if I didn't eat food or drink water. So I was on, I was on hyper, I was on, you know, kind of, you know, parental feeding in a tube, you know, through my, uh, through one of my, you know, my big veins going into my heart for 18 days. Wow. Yeah. So no food, no water, just, just, you know, I, IV liquids at the end of the 18 days, 
it had closed. The fistula had closed and that abscess had looked like it was healed. I went home. I started eating and drinking. Immediately, it opened back up again. I was going to ask you, you know, um, so what was your physical state after that 18 days? Not, 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 I, I had lost a lot of weight. I, I mean, I had lost a lot of weight and, and okay, again, weak, definitely, definitely weak. Um, but this, but then it became even, even more of an issue because the abscess was gone, but now there was a draining fistula coming out of my abdomen. Wow. It's wow. called an, it's called an enterocutaneous fistula. So basically contents were coming out of my intestines and draining out of my abdomen. I had something very similar and that's, you know, and that's, you know, and when I was in 2009, I was telling you when I got sick again, that's kind of been sick ever since is that, you know, I went to the emergency room several times that year, like a couple of times due to pain, you know, third time I had a temporary ileostomy and, um, and then, uh, you know, and, and that was, hor that was a horrible experience. And then the it fourth, is, yeah. and then the fourth, and then the fourth time was, um, you know, actually being admitted and having like 18 inches of my colon taken out and yeah. you know my my ileum taken out and all that stuff and so yeah but please go ahead especially when you're young i mean i was i was relative i mean i was i mean this again this was my college years and obviously mm. you were relatively young and so this is like it impacts your your entire social life so right and, and i'll give you the details about what i had to do to navigate it because there there really was no way to navigate it um so what i would do is so things stuff would come out and obviously it contained digestive fluids mm. and it was very irritating. So they, and it was, and there were a bunch of holes that it would come out of. So I couldn't like, I couldn't use like an ostomy appliance. It was, mm. it really, an ostomy appliance wouldn't work. I'd have to have a bunch of them. It was, it would, it would be, you know, so, so for two and a half years, and this was while I was doing, going to college, I was getting my undergraduate right. degree. Right. I had to, every morning I had to put, I had to get zinc oxide and I had to coat my entire abdomen with zinc oxide to protect, protect from the acids in my stomach and the digestive enzymes. And then on top of that, because I would have to put, I would put gauze on it. And then I would actually, I would actually get a disposable diaper and I would cut it open and I would wrap it around my waist. So every morning I would have to do this, this whole thing, you know, to protect my skin and, and, and protect from essentially things going everywhere, because again, right. you couldn't control this. So I, I went through most, actually, most of my undergraduate career, I had this on my abdomen. I said, and that's the exact reason why I call the show Crow's Veteran. Yeah. Is is, a, is 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 that is those kind of stories is yeah. you know st you know still going to school every day still knocking still, you know, still knocking out you know those responsibilities mm -hmm. but you know but you know but behind the scenes you know you yeah. you you're doing all that stuff and trying to date and and, and you know right. trying to start relationships mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. stuff like that and then mm -hmm. finally finally it was like and and I stayed at the same the same GI doctor and he was he wasn't a very proactive individual he was like. I'm not going to do anything extraordinary. We're just going to wait to see what happens. And and I got frustrated. I got really, really frustrated. And I, I was in science. So I I I kept up on literature. I, I looked through all of the research. And so so I found another GI doctor that I thought would help me more. And so 
So I, I, I went to him armed with a lot of publications, manuscripts from papers, scientific data, and says, you know, you know, you know, with ideas about how to potentially treat me. So I, I was, I think, I don't know how old was I, maybe I was like 21 at this, at that point in time. And I remember going, going into his office and, and basically, you know, 21 year old kid going into this big GI doctor's office and, and telling him, he, you know, basically reading the papers to him and telling him, you know, <laughs> this is what I think, blah, 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 blah. And at the end of my, my kind of monologue with him, he said, you know what? How about you see the rest of my patients and I'm going to go play golf. <laughs> oh my gosh. Cause he said, he said, you know more about Crohn's disease than I know about Crohn's disease because wow, I scoured, I scoured the literature and I knew every little piece of data, wherever it may be. And, you know, kind of put it together. So, so I went to him, he, he realized that it was the point in time where I can't keep doing this wrapping my abdomen every day. This is not something you could continue on. So yeah, he that's, not, that's not sustainable at all. No, it's not. It's not. And so, so he, he referred me to a surgeon, the surgeon, I had surgery. I think it was in, you know, when I was like 20, about 22 years old, they took out like uh, a couple of feet of intestines. They took out a foot of small intestines, a foot of large intestines, and then the connector in between the cecum and put me back together. Again, after that, I felt they put me on prednisone, some prednisone. I felt great. You know, I was back to, I gained weight. I got my weight back. I I, I became, you know, more healthy and, and things like that. And maybe another, about a year and a half or two years, I maintained my relative health. Um, And then it, 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 that, at that point in time, I, I, I really started my first real, real professional job. I, I worked mm. for the university of Florida as, is a scientist. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I guess probably, you know, the stress of new job and, you know, kind of, you know, being, you know, being away from home and the stress started and, and maybe about a year and a half into my new job. And, and, and I was, I, I, I was married at that point in time. So I, I had a girl, I ended up marrying, you know, and, um, and then, and then I started getting again, this pain and I had some diarrhea and stuff like that, but mostly just pain. It was mostly pain. And I, you know, I remember for like a week, I would like take Tylenol and I just keep taking Tylenol. You know, I just pop Tylenol to keep right. the pain like at bay. And, and, and when you have Crohn's disease, you learn how to deal with pain. Because you 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 have to live with it, unfortunately, and so maybe about four or five days, I kept doing it, and then one morning it was I think it was like two or three in the morning, I woke up, and I was in such excruciating pain that I called my doctor on his emergency line, and he, and basically said I can't do it anymore. He mm -hmm. said can't do it. I you got to do something for me because I can't. So he sent me to the hospital. He met me at the hospital, and 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 then the next day day next almost full day and i was in excruciating pain to the point where morphine or oxy it didn't really right. it didn't do I've, it i have unfortunately been there myself yeah so yeah i mean it, it just didn't do it and so so they weren't sure exactly what was going on so they did a bunch of gi stuff and they noticed there was a bunch of air pockets that seemed to be in my intestines but they were confused and they couldn't really get a good a good idea what was going on inside and then after about a day, they decided we got to do exploratory surgery. 
because we're just not sure. We don't know what mm -hmm. the hell's happening in there. So they opened me up. And obviously, like four days before, my intestines had perforated. Wow. So my whole gut, my whole gut was full of pus. Massive. You're in bad, sh you're in bad shape. Yeah. And in and, and, and the doctors, the surgeon said it's probably been festering in there for like five days. I mean, usually when somebody gets a perforated intestines, they're dead in three hours because that's just the way it happens. So I they 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 went in and there was a massive infection. So they had to take all my intestinal contents, uh, kind of they they took my abdominal contents out and, and placed it next. And I and they this is the, the surgeon told me the story. They put them next to me, next to my body, and they had to rinse me out with like oh my oh sterile my saline and peroxide and whatever they could to reduce the 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 bacterial burden inside of my body. They cleaned me out. They put every. They put my intestines back in. They took a well, piece of say, my. I'm happy. I, let, let me just say, I'm happy you're still here, man. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, this is one of many. I mean, so and so it's like so they couldn't sew me back up because I had a raging infection inside. So they put me on mm. IV antibiotics. You know, they told my family at that point in time that the next twelve hours would be the difference whether I survived or I didn't because. It was such a raging infection inside. I was fine. I mean, I I I, I didn't spike a fever. I literally I, I went through the next few days and I felt better. You know, that bad piece of intestines was out. But now I was from from like right below my ribs to right above, you know, you know, right above, you know, kind of um below the belly button, when when I had a belly button, um, there was uh there was a cut. And, and they mm -hmm. couldn't suture it together. So what they did is they put a suture on each side. They had two sutures on each side of my my back. And they actually had two large rubber bands that were actually holding my abdomen relatively closed. Wow. Because they had to let it heal from the inside out. Because if, if they closed it up, I would get an abscess. So, so, so over the next six weeks, I had to, I went to work. <laughs> I went to school mm -hmm. um, with this contraption on my abdomen. And, and after about six weeks, it had sealed up. Everything had sealed up, you know? And, um, and at that point in time, I was on, on, I was also on a temporary ileostomy because, you know, mm -hmm. they had to get, let things rest in there. So I was good. And then about six months later, I was very anxious to get the ileostomy re reversed. Mm -hmm. So I think it was three or four. It was actually a week before Christmas. I scheduled my surgery. I went in and I got my my thing reversed. I was out of the hospital in like three days. I, I actually made, made Christmas dinner because that's just the way that's the way you have to be because, you know, it's like, um, so I was good. Again, I was good for maybe another year and a, it, it, usually every year and a half, a year and a half or two years is really what, you know, I would be good for that period of time. Yeah. And then things would start going awry. Um, and, and then in between there, again, I had another incident where, where I had, you know, pain and kind of partial obstruction and they had to go in again and they had to take another piece of intestines out. 
So this is now, I think, mm. my third surgery, third or fourth, if you include the reconnection surgery. Right. And then, and so then I, again, I was still, I was still working the whole time I was working and, and actually going to school to, to get a, a degree in chemical engineering. Also, um, I was working the whole time and, um, then, you know, maybe a couple, again, a couple of years later, I, you know, it was good for a couple of years. And then I was going through a particular stressful part of my life, actually, where, where I was, my, my, my first marriage was ending mm. because, you know, there were not related to Crohn's disease, but it just was right. happening. And, you know, and, and I had found somebody that I wanted to actually spend the rest of my life with, you know? Um, so that was kind of a stressful time. And of course, you know, what happens with stress, you know, when right. we have Crohn's, it's, 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 it's interesting you say that because I always had a similar experience. I've, you know, I, really? I you know, yeah, you know, ex-wife too. And, and so, um, and, you know, I met, you know, I met my current wife and we've actually, you know, been together the longest, you know, I've been with any, you know, everything's, you know, everything's awesome. awesome. And, good, good, you know, good. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very, very grateful for her, my son, you know, every, of course. you know, it, you know, you know, every, everybody and, you know, but yeah, but, you know, of course, you know, that, you know, that previous relationship, you know, ending and, you know, and that, you know, and that transitionary period and all those yeah. things, you know, even though I was having a ton of, you know, a ton of fun and, you know, you yeah. know, you know, you know, dating my, you know, dating my new, you know, my new girlfriend, and you know, who turned to be my wife later. Like, you know, I still ended up, you know, going to going to the hospital. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Because it, because it, even though, even though it, there's good stuff, it's still, mm. it's change. It's it's a big mm. change in your life. Mm. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So we we have very similar. I could see a lot, mm. a lot of similarity, and I'm assuming mm. that's that's the way it goes. I mean, me and you are not the only ones, you know. I'm sure no. this is, mm. there's many stories that are, you know, very similar. So I became sick again, um, and and I remember this very, 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 very vividly. It was like it was a, a f again a few days before Christmas. Somehow, always Christmas always <laughs> precipitated some issues here. So it was a few days before Christmas, and I was actually, you know had Christmas Eve dinner over my house with fam kind of family members. And I made like, I made, I made homemade stuff. I made like homemade pasta and, and meatballs and sauce because I'm, I'm half Italian. Um, and so mm -hmm. I did that and it was really, really good. It was really, really cool. Uh, I ate a lot. And in that evening, obviously stuff had been going on inside. Right. And at that point I totally obstructed. To the point where, and I knew, I knew I totally obstructed because I, I, I know the medicine and the science well enough because mm. I was feeling nauseous. I went into the bathroom. I vomited stuff that's supposed to come out the other end. Oh no. Oh yeah. no. Yeah. 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 Which is, it's yeah. So immediately I knew when that happened that I had a total obstruction in my intestines because there's no way for it to go down again. I drove myself to the hospital <laughs> and yeah. Right. And so, you know, so, you know, so, so throughout this, you know, especially, you know, when, when you were in college and when you're mm -hmm. you know older and stuff, you know, how, you know, how has your family, you know, impacted, you know, through, you know, through all this? I, I try, I mean, I honestly, I tried, I, I'm, I'm a kind of a person that kind of sucks it up mm -hmm. and just kind of has this kind of barrier almost as far as, I'll suck up, I'll suck up the pain and discomfort and I'll put on a, a happy face. That's usually that that's just, it, it, it's, it's me. Um, you know, so 
a lot of the time, I don't think people really, I don't, I don't think, I mean, I don't think pe people really understood the level of, of what you're going through. It's, 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 diff it's difficult. I mean, they certainly had my first wife and then obviously my wife now, you know, she, I mean, she went through, you know, even worse, even worse stuff, you know? So, but, um, you know, you put that, you put, you know, you, you, you suck it in. It's almost like, it's almost like, you know, kind of, I, I kind of, an analogy is, you know, like a wolf gets injured and they, and they wander off and they go into the woods and they heal themselves and they right. lick their wounds and they rest and hopefully they could heal themselves and then come back. So that, that was, that was kind of it, but, but obviously it, 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 it affected relationships and it probably affected my first relationship more than it did my, my wife now. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so, so, you know, I went into the hospital again and, you know, and they, you know, I was in there for a while because don't ever go in, you know, don't ever have surgery around Christmas because my surgeon was also going to the sugar bowl and he had tickets for like a long time. And he said, Al, he said, I can't put you together right now because you're too inflamed. So we're going to have to wait like eight or nine days. So we're going to stabilize you in the hospital and stuff like that. So they put an NG tube down. They had suction going down. They're sucking stuff out. Oh, no. So I was in the hospital for about two weeks. They put me together. Um, I was very weak at the end of this, at the end of this, I was, I was in, and one thing that was interesting is, you know, you know, each time they took a little bit of intestines out, but it's interesting how when when they take intestines out and I, and especially in some of these situations that I was in which were borderline emergency situations the record keeping of how much intestines they take out is 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 lacking so so i had my i had my surgery and you know they put me back together you know it took me maybe about 4 or 5 6 weeks to to kind of regain regain my strength i went back to work i you know, continue, continue to go to school. Um, and then, um, you know, so, and then I, I was, I was, I was a little bit, I was a little bit better. I, I, I started getting better. And, and that's, the, that's the time where actually my current wife now, she was a graduate student in, mm -hmm. in the University of Florida. Her professor moved to Texas. So she moved ahead of me because we were not married then. Right, and right. Very shortly after I healed, I was, I was moving. So I left, I left my, 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 you know, my home state of Florida and I moved to Texas um, with, with my wife. We, my current wife, we got married. Um, and um, I was relative. And again, I was relatively healthy for, I would say, you know, two and a half or three years, maybe, a, you know, two and a half or three years. Um, and then, and then, you know, again, stress, stress happens, you know, right. we decided to, we decided to move from Texas because Texas is an interesting place. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I'll try. Trust me, I graduated high school there. I went to you know from from Austin. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Te Texas is an interesting place. You know, mm. certain parts of it. Certain Austin is actually good. I like Austin, but there's certain parts that are a little bit different. Um, it, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to diss anybody. Um, but um, so you know, my wife wasn't happy in, in Texas. And so she's used to big cities. And so I ended up getting a, another job up in the Northeast United States, basically in, in new, in upstate New York, working for a pharmaceutical company. And so we, we moved 
we moved, you know, we, we lifted everything up from Texas. We, we moved everything with our dog and, you know, moved, moved up to Connecticut, started, a, started another job, um, and, and got married, got married in, 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 in Connecticut and, uh, then started actually started graduate school because I, I got my bachelor's degree a long time ago. And then I went back to get my actual, my actual doctorate degree. So, gotcha. so me and my wife moved to New York city because it was a too far of a commute for her originally to go to graduate school. Then I started grad. So we moved to Manhattan, um, which is probably another stress. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, mm. I'm, I, I'm from kind of like, you know, small town, Florida, we lived in a small town in Texas. And then now you're going to the big apple. So, right. you know, life is, life is stress. Um, and so, <sighs> so, and so then I, I started graduate school and this was probably a lot of this, this situation was probably on, on me because I, I probably did something stupid. So I, I, I started graduate school, but I didn't quit working. So, 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 I worked out a schedule with my employer that I would I would do the reverse commute from Manhattan to upstate New York in the morning. So I would leave home at about 4.30 in the morning. I would drive up to the 20 minute drive up to where I worked in, in uh, up, uh, further upstate yeah. New York. Yeah. I would work until about nine in the morning there. Then I would do the commute back to New York City and I would start in the lab at, war at school and do my classes and do my lab work. And then at about five o'clock, I would go the reverse. I would go back to my company up in um, upstate New York, work until a 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And then I would come home. So my hours were essentially 4.30 in the morning until about midnight. And how long were you doing that? Six months. <laughs> so I, I, and I ended, I, ended, I ended up kind I ended up kind of getting myself in trouble um, by I think it was just too it was it was too much stress and and I got sick I got sick and and it was interesting because so I didn't have surgery immediately but I had a lot of side issues with Crohn's disease but at that point in time so I was I was going to I was working. And, um, and I was going to school and at the beginning of your PhD program, you go through these things called rotations. You kind of go to one lab and you kind of try it out and you do a small, you do some experiments and then you go to the next lab and you kind of figure it out at the end where you want to spend the next four years of your life doing your, your PhD research. So that makes sense. when I got really sick, you know, so I did a couple of rotations when I got really sick, this one individual that I did a rotation for, he was particularly harsh because I was sick impacted his experiments and so he he sat me down and he said you know he said i i think you should i think you should reconsider your career that's not that's not um well the good news is that you know you get to decide that not him yeah yeah because if he if he knew if he actually really knew me that's that's throwing the gauntlet down that is like okay i'm gonna mm -hmm. I'm going to prove you wrong and I'm going to prove you wrong in a big way because I'm going to do exactly what you told me I can't do. Okay. So, so I can, I got sick and, um, and I started, I mean, I mean, and, and actually after the last surgery, I, I, I also had an ileostomy. So I, I was, I still had an ileostomy and I was in graduate school and um, I had finally made the decision on after this guy kind of, you know, read me the riot act. 
I made the decision on who I'm going to work in the lab with, which was not mm -hmm. obviously not him. <laughs> so <laughs> I, uh, so I, I found a person that was understanding and understands, you know, we're people, you know, we're people, you know? And so I started, I, I, I started working in, in his lab and, um, and, and at that point in time, I started, I started getting these fistulas again. Mm. It started with one. There was one like right where my belly button was, would have been when it was still there. It started draining. It, it, it was manageable because a little bit of stuff would come out every day. So I would right. put a bandage on it and, 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 and it would, I could de I could deal with it. But, and so, you know, I continued with graduate school and, and periodically another one would pop up. And, and, and eventually over the next period of like four years, four or five years, you know, I had like a, a sat, a bunch of satellite little holes in my abdomen that mm. ultimately were draining stuff that, you know, coming from my intestines. Um, so again, I dealt with them. I found these little, little ostomy bag kind of appliances that are very tiny. And I had like six things on my abdomen. Um, you know, so my whole abdomen was covered with these appliances, basically. <sighs> but but I, ma I made it work. It worked yeah. for me. I, I did it. And, you know, and because you, you kind of got to do what you have to do to, to make it. And you so do. so I, st I started I started graduate school in, in my lab um, in was it? I think it was like summer of 1995. And I continued to do my research. I, I published a lot of my work. I worked in the in the cancer space, breast cancer and prostate cancer. Um, I ended up finishing my PhD in 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 record time in a, a little bit over three years, which was kind of unheard of. So that was my that was my payback for that guy. So every time I would see that guy in the hallway, I would say, "Hey, I published another paper. I published another paper." And when I graduated, I made sure I he knew I graduated. And I graduated way, I graduated four years before the same students that were in his lab when I did the rotation. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you that. So yeah, so very, very awesome. You say, you know, you gotta believe in yourself, you know, to anybody that yeah. is listening, you know, yeah. you know, do not let other people determine, you know, what you are and what you're not, you know, capable of. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And so in that whole gamish, I was going around to different GI doctors at Mount Sinai School of Medicine, is where I went to school. Um and you know, like I told you, I, I was really into all the research in Crohn's. And so I had all of the, I had all the data. I know everything that's going on. And uh, I decided based on the data that I wanted to try something different because there's some early data in the 1980s that suggested at least that in part Crohn's disease is initiated by a bacterial infection. Mm. Okay, so, yeah, I, so I, think, I saw I, that. Mm. Go ahead. What were you gonna say, Jordan? Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna say. I, I, gonna... I think, I think I'm familiar with that, with that research. Mycobacterium. It, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And so, so I latched onto that. And again, you know, you're in a situation where you got to find something that works for you. So, so I designed, I designed my own treatment regimen, and I went to my doctor at Mount Sinai with all my papers, all the papers again, and I told him. I said, I want you to give me this, this, and this. And they they were all approved drugs. They were all generic drugs that were available, readily available, and actually quite cheap. And so he looked at me and he said, you know, he said, you know, based on what you've shown me, that I don't have enough proof. 
to say that, you know, I could, that, you know, this is going to work for you. And, and I looked at him and I said, I don't really have options here. I mean, you know, you're not doing any, I mean, I'm not going anywhere here. This is, this is not getting any better. And I asked him, I said, if you give this to me, will it hurt me? And he said, no, it won't hurt you. So I said, then you're going to give it to me. So I convinced him to give me the drug regimen that I designed. Wow. I took, and so throughout graduate school, unfortunately, you know, when I left graduate school, I, I took this, this drug combination for seven years, seven years, because I knew it would take a long time to do anything. So, so I finished graduate school. I went off to my postdoc um, at the university in, in, in Maryland, in, in Baltimore. Um, and, and fortunately, I was able to convince another GI doctor to continue me, continuing me on the regimen. So I found somebody who was willing to listen, listen to me. So I continued on the regimen. Um, you know, I didn't get any worse, but certainly by that point in time, I had like, I had so many fistulas everywhere. I had fistulas going from my intestines to my bladder. I had fistulas going from one part of the intestines to the other. I had fistulas that were trying to go to my lungs. I had numerous fistulas that were coming out of my draining in my abdomen. So it was a point in time where, you know, my doctor said, you know, you can't, again, you can't go on like this forever because ultimately you're going to succumb to some kind of a weird infection because right. you have stuff going everywhere. This is, you know, especially my bladder. So, you know, so I, I consulted with my physician and at that point in time, me and my, my wife had a son who was two years, a, a year and a half old. And, and my wife was pregnant with our daughter who was not, who was, you know, born, um, you know, after, um, and she, um, and he told me, he said, he said, you know, he, he told me, he was very honest. He said, Al, he said, he said, I don't want you to go through surgery now. It's too, this is too much stress. You have a, you have a one and a half year old, your wife is pregnant, you know, this is way too much stress for you to go through this major, major potentially surgery. So he said, he said, let's wait until your daughter is six months old. So I had to wait another basically year and a half, kind of mm. just holding in a holding pattern. And, 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 and my my life was, I, I was a postdoc in the, I was a postdoc in the University of Maryland. I, I, I got my own grants and funded my own research. Um, but I would go to work early in the morning. I would come back, you know, six, seven o'clock at night, pick the, we pick the kids up and everything. My wife was also a postdoc. I would get home and in the basement, I had this rocker recliner, this kind of cushy rocker recliner. And I would just have to just take pain meds and just myself to sleep half because that's the only that was the only way I could actually deal with it you know because you know the, the fistulas caused a lot of pain so know. you know I was prescribed a lot of pain medication so I would essentially take my medication sit in front of the tv rock myself to sleep which ultimately I mean you know again that you know in in, in ways you know that obviously will affect in somehow your relationships because you kind of you kind of wall yourself off and you kind of you know I'm going to sit on my thing and, and I'm going to because I can't, I can't actually deal with anything else because I'm, I'm right now I'm dealing with too much stuff. So, you know, it, it, um, the time came around, it was, it was daughter was born and it was, I think about three or four months before that was that time I'm going to have surgery. And so 
I found a really, really good surgeon at the University of Maryland. My wife found a very, very good surgeon for me at, at Johns Hopkins. Um, and I had to make a choice. You know, it was like, it, it was an interesting choice because the person at University of Maryland said, no worries. This is a piece of cake. No problem whatsoever. And I knew it wasn't a piece of cake. You know, I was a mess. I mean, I had a lot of scar tissue inside, a lot of strict. I mean, it was, I, this wasn't, I went to the other doctor and he was like, again, he was like, this is tough. I mean, you know, I'm not going to make, I'm not going to make you any guarantees here, but I'm going to, I'm going to make sure to, to go through. I want to know exactly what's going on inside of you before I do the surgery. So every diagnostic test in the world, I mean, they were injecting dye into my fistulas to see where they're going. It was very painful, but he said, that's the only way I'm going to do this because I don't want to go in there and have a bunch of surprises out. So I had like diagnostic tests for like three months, nonstop. And my surgery day came. Okay. So my wife and my dad came to surgery with me. My mom stayed home at our house in with our tap prepped and everything like that right before i go into surgery you know my wife and my my uh, dad are there and the surgeon comes in and he goes through the risks you know and he was very very he said he said you know he said honestly al I, i'm not feeling very good about the situation you know, I mean, you know, you know, there's a number of things you could die on the table because this is a very long surgery. And you're at that point in time, I was 110 pounds. Mm. I'm six foot. I was about to ask you that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Wow. So, so, you know, so you, you die on the table. You could because he said this is going to be a, an all day surgery. He prepared us for all day surgery. So you could die on the table. He says, if I take these fistulas out in the piece of intestines where they're coming from, there's no guarantee that that won't come back next week or the week after and, and, and you're back at the same situation you are, you, 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 um, you, you are now. So he said, you know, I don't want to get your hopes up because again, you know, but he said, he also realized, he said, you have no options. You can't, you can't continue doing what you're doing because you're going to succumb to an infection at some point in time. So we got to do something, you know, we got to try to move the needle. So I went into surgery at seven o'clock in the morning. Um, so at some point my dad went home because it was too, it was, it was long. And my, my wife stayed at the hospital. I think it was five or six o'clock in the evening. The surgeon came in and he taught, and he basically, he sat down with her and that was interesting. And she kind of translated all this to me. It was like, he went in there and he said, he said, I'm not sure what's going on because you're missing over half of almost, almost half of your intestines are gone. And according to the surgical records, you should only be missing like three feet or four feet of intestines. So he says, I don't know what, in the, I don't know what happened here, but he told me, he said, he said, you're on the verge of something called short bowel syndrome. And, and I don't know if you know about short bowel syndrome, Jordan. I do. I Which do. means you're basically, you're, you're on IV fluids overnight, every night for the rest of your life, because you can't absorb enough food in your intestines. So he, he, while I was on the surgical table, he took my intestines out and he measured them on the table because he knew how wide the table was. He said I had 10 feet of small intestines left. So half of my small intestines. So he told me, he said, you can't lose anymore. Al, he says, you got to do whatever you could. We can't, we can't, you know. So he told me, he said, 
if you ever need more surgery down the road, you have to come to me because I will ensure that I preserve as much intestines as I could possibly preserve. Question for you. Yeah. Um, so are you familiar with bile acid malabsorption? And, yeah. and, you know, and how does that relate? And, and how does that relate to short bowel? Um, I, I, I mean, I mean, because that's what, you know, because like that's because when, when I have my ilium taken out and stuff, yeah, that's kind yeah. of, that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm in, where I'm now. Like before the surgery, I could eat whatever I wanted to. Yeah. And then after the surgery, like, you know, I, you know, it was like pretty much diarrhea, like for the rest, you know, just forever. You know, and, and it's announced and now I'm on like this, uh, uh, cholesterol or prevalent. I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cause, cause actually in, in the, sur I forgot to tell you, I think it was in the, in the mm -hmm. surgery, it was either in this last big surgery that I'd had or the surgery before that they took my, all my bile ducts out and they took my gallbladder out because they said it was in, it, it had, it had looks like it was, cause again, anything in your GI tract could get Crohn's disease. So mm -hmm. he took it, he took it out and they, they put me on that cholest, but for some miracle, for some miracle that I cannot explain and I would never explain, I don't have that problem. Interesting. Well, I, I, I don't hope think, you never, I hope you never get that it, problem. Because at some point in time, Jordan, I think I'm, I'm a medical anomaly. I, I don't know, but, but it's like, so, so I had the surgery, you know, and he told, he was prepared to keep me in intensive care for a week. Because he said a 10 hour, 11 hour surgery, your body is not going to be able to recover. So I wake up in, I wake up in the, the recovery room and my wife tells me all of the information. And, and ultimately what was going on in there, Jordan, there was a piece of intestines this big. And that's where everything was coming from. Two inches. So he went in and he took two inches of intestines out. That was it. Wow. All of that was causing all of that, all of that problem. Everything else in my intestines was clean. So he told my wife told me what was going on. I woke up in um, the recovery room. They moved me to ICU. About 20 minutes later, they kicked me out of ICU because they said, you just, there's no reason for you to be in ICU because you're like, you're fine. You're, you're, you know, so I stayed in the hospital four more days. Um, I, I, I convinced my physician to get me the hell out of the hospital because I don't like mm -hmm. hospitals. So, um, so I, I mean, I think it was on the fifth day I went home, um, mm -hmm. you know, to, re to recover at home. It took me, I'd say about, cause again, I was a little bit older, you know, I was like almost, you know, 40 ish or whatever, late thirties, a little bit longer. Cause again, as we get older, Jordan, it, it takes longer mm -hmm. to recover. I mean, hopefully right. you don't have any more surgeries, I hope in, but it, 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 your body is just can't, it can't rejuvenate itself as much. So I would say I, I actually, I stayed off of, of my work because I was a postdoc at university for three weeks, but I wasn't full strength until I got to say, I got to say six weeks. Um, but, but what I was doing again, again, tying back to my, the treatment, I, I designed my treatment and, and, and my treatment was, was, based on getting rid of this microorganism that is that is deeply rooted in in my immune system and, and comes out periodically and causes these problems. So after I had my surgery, I was like, I'm going to stay on this therapy for three more months. Okay. So it was at that point in time, I think it was September. And I was like, I'm, I'm stopping it. I'm stopping that. 
you know, and I was on a whole bunch of other medications. I was on Remicade. I was on all sorts of biologicals and stuff like mm -hmm. that. The antibiotic, the group of antibiotics that I stopped on September, and this was September 2001. Okay. This was, this was essentially, uh, I mean, again, it was, it was a few days before, it was a few days before 9-11. Mm -hmm. and, and, and also myself, another dumb person, like, kind of like we both are, I think. It's like, I moved to New York City. <laughs> and, he, and he had no idea you, you, how your life you, you, you joined the military. I moved up to where every, all, right. all hell was breaking loose. So, right. so mm -hmm. you know, so, um, and so that's September, 2021. I have not taken any medicine since that point in time. What? So since, since, since 9-11, more or less? 20, well, 20, it's going to be 22 years. Wow. No medicine. Wow. No medicines. That's a, that's a hell of a story, uh, Dr. Floyd. That, that, and I mean, know. and then, I mean, in, 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 while, I, while, all, I mean, and again, so, so, you know, so, you know, I was doing my postdoc in 2021 when this happened. I mean, since that point in time, I've, I've worked in the pharmaceutical industry, the biotech, I've worked in academia and, and, you know, and, and, you know, kind of move myself up always again, for me, it's, 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 it's important because when you're a patient, you understand. So when I'm on the other side and I'm, I'm somebody who develops medications for patients, whether it's Crohn's disease or whether it's lung cancer or breast cancer or whatever it is, the experience, the experience that I gained from being a patient for, I mean, Jordan, like 15 years, being a patient for 15 years, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it. I mean, my, my mom, my mom passed away, but, you know, I remember she would get on the phone with me when I was sick and she would like, she would blame God. I mean, she said, I don't know what God, I'm, I was able to survive it. So, I mean, maybe other people wouldn't be able to survive it, but I was strong enough to survive it because every moment, especially when I had kids, it was like, you know, when I went into that big surgery and. And, you know, the doctor said all sorts of bad things. My wife said she was ready to just take me and take me home. She didn't want me to go through the surgery. But it, there was no point in time where I was going to let myself succumb to this disease. Same, same. And, you know, and, uh, you know, that's going to I was going to crush it. And, and, you know, I mean, and it's it's like and, and so what happened in, in like 20 it was actually literally three months before I had surgery. When I was going through all these diagnostic tests, I have been involved in, I got myself involved in kind of the, I would say, patient support advocacy community. You know, because before they have all these really cool websites that you could interact with Crohn's disease people, they had this one website. It was called IBD Sucks. <laughs> and, and you're you're too young probably to even know about it. So when I was in graduate school, they had this site called IBD Sucks. And so what I did was one day I got on the site. And again, you know, I know what people with Crohn's go through. And right. I know Crohn's disease. I have the worst he had. I have the worst case he had ever seen. 
And so I would go on the website and I would see these people complaining about, for me, things in my, in my world and compared to what I was going through were trivial. So I got really mad one day and I, I, I wrote this dissertation on, on the blog. It was literally, I mean, it took me like four hours to put it on there. <laughs> I, I, I armed them with data and I armed them with my theory. And again, my theory was based on the treatment that I ended up kind of concocting. I said, do something, let's do something, okay? And so I sent that out. Two people responded to me, okay? Two people only. One dude, one dude from Ireland, his name was Alan Kennedy. And, and another girl from University of Pennsylvania, she was really, really young. She was like 19 years old. And she had gotten Crohn's when she was really young, and it had, it had greatly affected her life. So Alan reaches out to me, and, and, and he says, and he, he connects with me, and he says, you know, he said, Al, there's this disease in Ireland cattle, but it's almost identical to Crohn's disease, although it's in a cow. And it's caused by this microorganism called MAP, mycobacterium um, paratuberculosis. Okay. And, and I was like, and so the organism that I thought based on the early research was the same organism that he was saying was causing almost an identical disease in cows. So that was like a big connection for me. And so, so he was an IT guy. He was a big IT guy. He had his own consulting company. And so I was teaching him science. I was teaching him medical science. So I would, he was very interested in all the papers. So I would digest the papers. I would summarize them and I would explain the science to him. And then I've been doing that for like a year. And then after about a year, I remember I was in my lab in, in, in New York and I get this call and I usually don't get calls on my, the, the hardline phone in the lab. And I picked it up and he said, this is Alan. And, and, you know, and it was like, huh? I was kind of like taken aback because, you know, I, I don't right. get calls Ireland usually. And, you know, I'm, and, and he, he, he said, Ali said, you know, you know, I've been, I've been, you know, really, really thinking about it hard over the last year. He said, would, do you think it would be worth it for me, for him to take off a year from what he's doing and devote his entire time to get the word out about this Crohn's disease? and about potential connections to infectious diseases. And I said, yes, if you could afford to do it, if you could take off for a year, please do it. And so I continued to help him. He ended up speaking all over the world. Wow. Before he could actually go in front of people. Um. So, so the interesting connection is, okay, so, and then there's this other girl, this 19-year-old who was going to the University of Pennsylvania. Young girl, Crohn's. I mean, it really affected her life. I think she was like seven or eight years old when she had it. It affected her development. She was very tiny. It affected all of her organ systems. And so I would keep in touch with her because I think she needed my moral support. So mm -hmm. I would e I would email her. I would send her letters. She would send me a picture of her and her dog or something like that. And so, and I obviously, she knew about the data that I I talked to the other folks about. And then fast forward, like maybe two years you know, when I had moved to Maryland and I started my postdoc yeah. position, she had right maybe about six months before my surgery, she reached out to me and she said, hey, Al, I I saw this 
organization. It was called PARA. It was called the Paratuberculosis Awareness and Research Association. And it, it seems like they're talking about the same ideas that you've been talking about for the last few years. And so I was like, wow, that's, and, and that's the coincidence thing. She was the one who told me, and the only two people, the only two people connected with me, but it had to be those two people. So she sent me the information. I looked at it and Alan Kennedy, this was a few years later, Alan was, he, he started this organization with two other women who were in, in a man who were at wit's ends because either their children or their spouses were afflicted with very severe Crohn's disease. And they, they were no options. I mean, you know, they, they, they couldn't find any answers. They couldn't find any answers. So, she, so I reached out to Alan, Alan introduced me to the whole organization, this para organization and, and kind of ultimately saying that, well, the reason why this organization exists is because Al spent the time to kind of, you know, make sure I understand this and, and supported me. So I became involved in that organization and I ultimately became the head of the scientific steering and scientific and medical steering committee for the organization. Very, very cool but stuff. Three months before the, um, I, three or four months before the actual, um, my surgery, I get a call on the phone from the, the two women. And I was living in Baltimore at that point in time, outside of Baltimore. And they said that they're coming up to DC because they're talking to Congress. So, so they actually had a, an appointment to testify before the House Appropriations Committee to try to get increased funding for Crohn's disease research associated with a potential infectious cause. Wow, very, very, very cool. So they called me and they were like, and they said, do you wanna come? And of course I said, yeah, of course I want to come. So I was like, so, you know, I, I hopped on the, actually one, one of, one of the members, which was the guy, he stayed at my house. He, he didn't, you know, he stayed at my house and me and him and everybody, we had, we headed into the city, we headed into whatever, I forget the building, but it was, I mean, it was yet yeah, wherever the house appropriation committee meets. And, um, so, you know, went through security, went in the building and, and, you know, and, and the leader of the organization, which was a woman, you know, she had a very, very scripted, you know, and, and there were a lot of other people from other, you know, organizations that dealt with, you know, diseases that are underfunded. So she testified, she did a really, really, she did a really, really good job, you know, and I was in the audience, you know, so I was sitting back in the audience. And so, so. The, the head of the the head of the committee and I can't remember his name at that point but I know Nancy Pelosi was actually I believe she was on the committee um and yeah and I think and and I and yeah so um so he asked her he said you know you know I you've told me a lot of information but you know do you have anybody that could really help me understand the story of what Crohn's disease is and what you go through so I got just picked out of the audience and had to answer questions from the chair of the House Appropriations Committee. On the spot like that. On the fly, because I had no idea this would ever be possible. And I was I was going there because it was cool to be there. I'd never been mm -hmm. there. And to see Congress and to actually see <laughs> this, it was like, yeah. So I I, I ended up, you know, I don't know. I, I don't even remember how long it was because I was kind of like, at that point, starstruck because, you know, you know, it was like, wow, this is like incredible. Um, 
so yeah, so I I I, I added to the testimony, and then and then the next and actually the next day, it it happened to be, and again this is another weird coincidence, it happened to be that um my gastroenterologist that was my doctor at the University of Maryland, ended up getting a new job several months before. And he was actually the associate director of the National Institute of Digestive Disease and Kidney Disorders at NIH. So I was able to set up a meeting with the whole that whole organization and essentially the second person in charge of NIH. So that was that was it was it was a very, very it was a very interesting time. Um and 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 I continued to work with them for a number of years. And and, and I think it was about two years ago, I got involved with another organization called um, Propella Cure. It's another Crohn's disease organization. Okay. And I was on the board of directors. I was VP of that for, for several months. And my work, unfortunately, my work got too busy and, and, and there were some health problems in the family um, that I kind of had to, I had to bow out for that for a while, but, um, but it's, I mean, you know, yeah, I like to give back. I mean, I, I mean, and as you 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 noted. I mean, it's like, I I mean, probably the the things I volunteer for are, are as large as the places that I worked. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, I will, I you know this is this conversation has been about twice as long as I usually have it, but I, I know it. I know that, 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 I enjoyed that, that, I enjoyed every minute, Jordan. Of it. That that's what happens when you ask me to talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I well I enjoyed I enjoyed listening to you know to your story. I enjoyed yeah. you know I'm I'm sure that folks are really going to enjoy you know you know listening to what you had to say. You had to say. Um, you know any any parting wisdom? Don't let it define you. Do not because what what. Once you let it, you aren't, I mean, you know, a person that has Crohn's disease is not Crohn's disease. They're a person that happens to be dealing with something. Um, and, and for the external world, it's like, you know, somebody, you know, may say, oh, it's, you know, like my physician said, oh, it's only an inflammatory bowel disease. What we go through, what we go through, I would not wish on my worst enemy. Facts. You know, big time. We wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. Nobody, 100%. no, no, nobody deserves this. And and honestly, Jordan, bless you for doing this. You know, kind of putting yourself out there, and keep keep doing it. This is, I mean, it's important. I mean, increasing awareness is this is all power. Well, thank you, thank you, you know, thank you for that. And you know, I'm that's the plan. And so I have you know big plans for the rest of this year. Good. And try to you know just try to do more fun things to. You know, grow you know, grow the lifestyle brand, grow Crohn's better, and all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, again, I guess, thank you for you know, for for being here. Um, you know, to anybody, to anybody who's listening, welcome. Thank you. And so, um, to anybody who's listening right now, um, if you found value in what you know, uh, Dr. Fliss, you know, has shared today, if you find value in what I'm doing, you know, please, uh, you know, share this podcast, subscribe to this podcast. So we're on Spotify, Apple, Apple, Google. Um, I have a YouTube channel, um, my website, Crohn'sVeteran.com. Um, you can, you know, buy Crohn's and Colitis merch. Um, yeah, you know, where cool. I saw that. Stuff. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, that's all me, the you know, IT guy. So I put all that together. And so, um, yeah, so please, you know, support, 
you know, and help me raise awareness and um, yeah, sending peace and love to you know to you know to you and your family. You know, and, same, you know, same, same to you and yours. And if if you reach out to me anytime, if you need any assistance with anything, okay. Thank, thank you, sir. And I uh, take and I uh, take care of yourself and have a good night. You too. Right, bye bye. -bye.